Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, beloved, welcome to another chapter of the Book of Sean. So listen, everybody, I've gone rogue again. I'm not in the studio. I'm in Atlanta, and it's been raining cats and dogs in Atlanta. What's going on with the weather in Atlanta? It's hot and humid. But here I am, people. Welcome to Atlanta, where the players play. I'm excited to be with you today. This is one of my end-of-the-week shows, and it's going to be a great show. Listen, we got a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on in the world. Some interesting stories. We're gonna laugh a little. We might a couple of these stories might make you cry, okay? Because you know I'm all I'm all for the heart thing. I'm all for feelings. Feelings, feelings are important. They might save your life, but they might also ruin your life. It depends on what kind of feelings you're having. And we're gonna do some Ask Dr. Sean. And of course, whenever we do the end of the week, I do some of my best things that I've seen all week. My producers and I, we pull some interesting, interesting videos for you to see. We're going to do all that today. So settle in, get comfortable, take your shoes off, because it's always better to watch TV with your shoes off. Get you something to drink and let's get started. All right, Hailey, you know what to do. Play the bumper, man. So I'm sure by now most of us have seen this video posted by a Black mother showing a costume character appearing to ignore two little black girls uh, at Sesame Place and, and the parade going on there, Sesame uh, Place in Pennsylvania. Uh, let's take a look at this video just in case you haven't seen it. So I suspect that the video was infuriating for you to watch. And that's just a small little clip. We only paid a little bit of it, right? I'm sure most of you have seen the whole thing. It's infuriating to watch. Was it Rita is the character? Whoever the character is. It's infuriating to watch it. Now, if you thought the video was infuriating, wait until you hear what Sesame Place said in order to explain what happened in the video that you just saw. And I want to emphasize, again, that you just saw the video with your own eyes, people. But let's get into what Sesame Place said about the video. Here's what they said. They said that, you know, it was a misunderstanding that what happened at the park to the two little black girls was just a misunderstanding and nothing more than that. Huh? <laughs> if you thought the video was infuriating, that explanation of the video and what we saw and what the little costume character did to the little black girl is even more infuriating because there's a long history in this country of black people, especially black girls, being disrespected, not seen, overlooked, and not valued. And now here Sesame Place wants us to believe that what we just saw is not what we just saw. We didn't just see that. <laughs> we didn't just see the cartoon character, you know, wave his finger at the little black girls and walk away? That's not what we saw. It's a misunderstanding. No, 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 no. Can we just go there together? Let's go there together. You are not, you are not going to tell me that I didn't just see what I actually saw. <laughs> Sesame Place is trying to gaslight us, people. They're trying to tell us, don't believe your lying eyes. You didn't just see the character disrespect, devalue, ignore, and be racist to little black girl. No, 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 no. That's a little misunderstanding. He didn't see him. <laughs> no, 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 no. And this is why we're talking about the story. Because it's not just about being infuriated by it. And it's not just about the fact that it went viral. It's about the fact that over and over again, we have people in our lives who try to tell us that what just happened isn't what just happened. 
that what we just heard isn't what we heard, what we just saw isn't what we isn't isn't what we've seen, and that what we just experienced isn't real. It's called gaslighting. You got to watch people who are willing to do this to you over and over again. And more than that, you got to be strong enough and have the wherewithal to tell people you you what you have to say about what I just experienced isn't more valuable to me than what I just experienced. <laughs> uh, shout out to this mom, by the way, for posting this video and believing that this needed to be seen and that people needed to know what was going on and what happened to our little girl, her little girls and really all of our little girls because all black children are all of our children. Every little boy, every little black boy is my son and every little black girl is my daughter. And, and when I'm out and about and I see black children out, I view them as being a part of my extended family. And I'm glad the mom said every black parent and every white parent of goodwill, every Asian and native and Latin parent of goodwill, parents need to see this. Because if this happened to a little white kid, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that to happen to an Asian kid, a white kid, any kind of kid. You know what I'm saying? But there's a long history in this country of it happening over and over again to black people. Okay, and, and, and let, let's conclude this moment by saying this. And this is good advice for everybody. And this is advice for Sesame Place because they apparently need some advice today. And advice is what I do for a living. Whenever you make a mistake, own the mistake. Don't tell people, you know, oh, it's not that, it's not that bad. No, whenever you make a mistake, own the truth of what you have done. Sit in the trauma you've created because when you, minimize what you've done or you try to make it less than what it really is, people are more apt to reject whatever apology you offer them because it's not sincere. It's not coming from a place of honesty and truth and authenticity. But when you own, your, when you own the pain that you've created and caused, and when people really have a sense that you acknowledge the truth of what you've done, then they're more likely to give you another chance. Don't tell people that, that it didn't hurt as much as it did or that they didn't destroy you as much. <laughs> or rather you didn't destroy them as much as you did, own it, own all of it, because that is the way for true reconciliation. You follow me? Come on, Sesame Place. Y'all got to do better than this. All right, let's move on. <laughs> let's talk about this, because this is very important. House of Representatives uh, this week voted to pass a bill that would uh, give protections to same-sex couples and, and make that protection part of federal law. Um, and I don't care what anybody says. I get a lot of flack on this, and I don't care, but I don't care what anybody says. I am 100% for this, okay? And people are, how are you a Christian? Shut up. <laughs> how are you a minister and you suffer? Shut up. That's how. I support the full protections of same-sex marriage, uh, and, and, and I don't see how you could support civil rights for Black people and then not support everybody in the country having access to the rights that you want to have. And, 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 just, and just in case you're not paying attention or you've been, I don't know, traveling somewhere, <laughs> the Supreme Court is coming after rights. The Supreme Court has signaled that they are committed to the proposition of taking rights from people, okay? And, and, and they just came for abortion. And, and if you think they're going to stop there, then, you, then you're delusional. And, and Clarence Thomas... <laughs> Oh, Uncle Clarence, <laughs> he, he's already said that he would love to get a case, that he would love, check, he would love to get a case where he could, you know, undermine same-sex marriage and all the rights extended thereof. And if you think they're going to stop with abortion and same-sex marriage, I keep telling you all this. They're coming after voting rights and civil rights. Eventually, it's going to get to you. You see, you may not care about LGBTQ people and you may not care about abortion, but because you don't care about LGBTQ people and because you don't care about abortion, that's why it's going to come to you. You have to stop evil while it's down the street. <laughs> Teach Dr. Sean, you, you, can't, you can't let evil get next door. It's too late. You got to stop evil when it's like two counties away. And this is why you should care about this story. Shout out to the House of Representatives and all of the you know, Congress people, men and women thereof, because we need to hold on to protection. And I'll tell you why. You looking at me? You listening? Because I don't want to live in the country where I have more rights than you. And I don't want to live in the country where you have more rights than me. You should not have more rights than me, nor I more than you. 
this is what equality and egalitarianism is all about. I want to live in a country where if I can do something, you can do something. If, 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 if straight people can get married, gay people ought to be able to get married too. And, and it, doesn't matter, it doesn't matter whether or not you agree with it. This ain't about agreement. My rights should not be dependent upon whether or not you agree with the fact that I should have my rights. You follow what I'm saying? And, and, and nor should your rights be dependent upon my agreement. Can you imagine where black and brown people would be if we had to have people agree <laughs> with whether or not we could go to school, whether or not we could live in an area, whether or not we could get a job or drive a car or get a mortgage? Can you imagine how restricted our lives would be if we had to wait for some people in this country to agree? <laughs> Come on now. This is about the fact that if you are a citizen of a country, you ought to have access to the full protections of that country. It's just that simple. And I ain't got to agree with you. You ought to have access to the full protections because you are a citizen. It's your citizenship and, wait for it, your humanity. That gives you the right. That's it. It's about feeling. Don't nobody care about your feelings. <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't gotta feel like I should be free. My freedom should not be dependent upon your feelings. And nor should your freedom be dependent upon how I feel about you being free. Shout out to the House of Representatives, okay? Because um, we gotta protect rights in this country. And, and, and it's sad that we have to do it, but this is what we have to do. And remember your grandmother told you. She, your grandma told us, your mama told us, All they told us not to take these things for granted. Because you and I grew up at a time when we never had to, we never had to worry about what, what, where we could sit on the bus. We've never had to worry about not being able to vote. We've never had to worry about flying on a plane. We could stay in whatever hotel we want to stay. I'm in a hotel right now in Atlanta. I didn't think about whether or not they were going to let me in. You know what I'm saying? As long as I had the money, I could, we, I never had to think about that. And that's why my generation and, gen and the generation beneath me, millennials, we take it for granted. We take it for granted because we never had to worry about it. Well, my friends, we might want to wake up a little bit because apparently we might start having to worry about it, okay? Shout out to the House of Representatives because at least there's some part of government that's trying to work this out. We'll see what happens in the Senate. But what other people do about the good that you've done has no bearing on the good that you've done. All right. Let's do one more before we take this break. There is a CDC report that is alarming. It is alarming. And I really need, I really need you to listen and lean in. So the C CDC report found out that death overdoses rose significantly excuse me, for people of color during the years 2019 and 2020. And it's an amazing report because the report said that fentanyl is largely the brain. And whereas a lot of black people in this country grew up believing, and I grew up believing that synthetic drugs or synthetic drugs rather was a white people problem, right? We talk about fentanyl and all these synthetic drugs, white people. <laughs> we, we, immediately we go, mm -mm, that ain't us. But what this report is telling us, it is us. 2019 and, and, and 2020, more black people died because of this drug than ever before. The report said that 30%, there was a 30% incre increase rather in deaths across the board. But just among black people ourselves, there was an increase of 44%. Wow. Did you hear me? So 44% is an increase that we've never experienced before because we walked around thinking that, you know, synthetic drugs, white people problem. No, 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 not anymore. <laughs> and for and for people who already have a mortality rate that's off the charts because of all of our comorbidities, because of poverty, because of racism, because of stress. And now we have to worry about the fact that synthetic drugs have made their way into our homes, our communities, our lives, our despair, our depression, our suffering. And we're dying at a rate that's higher than anybody else, just as it relates to synthetic drugs. You see... Here's the thing we have to remember about this. And what I'm about to say isn't original. Other people have said it. But what we have to remember is that being an addict is not something that people want to be. Being an addict is not something that people, you know, desire to be. And so we have to stop treating addicts like they're criminals and start treating them like as, as what they are. Victims of, of, of a disease 
that throws them into places that they really don't want to be. Nobody comes out of the womb saying, you know what? When I get to be 25, I want to be a drug addict and I want to be strung out and homeless. Nobody, nobody at 14 years old says, you know what? By the time I get to be 30, I want to have no teeth. I want my hair falling out. You know what? Nobody's, nobody says the one thing, excuse me, Mr. and Mrs. Teacher, the one thing I want to be when I grow up is a drug addict. Nobody says that. But people end up there because life will throw you down and it'll crush you and make you say uncle. And we have to have more compassion and more kindness with people. You follow what I'm saying? And, and I, I, believe, I believe fundamentally that addiction is never what people want for their lives, but it's what life does to people that turns them into addicts and the diseases that run through families and bloodlines as it relates to addiction. And we all have an addiction, okay? I'm about to take this break, but we all have an addiction. Everybody watching, including me, we are all addicted to something. Whether it's food, whether it's sex, pornography, attention, validation, clout. <laughs> clout, huh? Salt, weed, cigars. <laughs> we all have an addiction, people. We all have an addiction. So here's my advice. Check up on the people that you love. Because at an alarming rate, more black people are dying because of synthetic drugs. And people may be suffering and abusing themselves and you don't even know it. But here's a way to find out. Ask. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I have some more headlines because it's my end of the week show, people. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back, everybody. We're doing my end of the week show and we're doing it from Hotlanta. Yes, yes, sir. Not very hot, though. Well, kind of. Anyway, so we got a lot of ground to cover and we got more headlines. And um, I found this story and I couldn't wait to bring it to you because I just think it's important, right? You know, I, I try to be a little goofy and a little serious at the same time because sometimes I think the mix kind of works. But this story is important. So uh, to the great credit of the people who did this and created this, there is a new emergency contact number uh, that it only takes uh, three digits to dial, and those digits are 988. And 988 is the new contact number to reach the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline for mental health crises. And I think that that's important. Just like you call 911 when you have something that you need the police for, right? And, and, and hopefully that, that turns out well, you, you know what I'm saying. 988 is the number that now is provided for those of us, and I say those of us, and not those of you, and not those of them, but those of us, because you never know when any of us might get there, because suicide is something that most people have thought about at least once. And you may not have done it, you may not have taken it very seriously, but most of the people watching, including me, we've all thought about it at least once. At least one time, the thought passed your head one time. But there are a lot of people out there right now for whom that thought is a persistent undertaking. And I'm so glad that there's a direct way that you can get help as soon as you need it. Nine eight eight. And when you and when and when you when you dial that number, someone will pick up the phone. The same way when you dial nine one one, someone picks up the phone to deal with your emergency. When you dial dial nine eight eight, someone is there to help you deal with whatever crisis you're going through. And you can text to that number as well. And shout out to the Vibrant Emotional Health um, Group uh, who facilitated this opportunity. Vibrant Emotional Health is a nonprofit that operates a lifeline, operates this lifeline on behalf of the United States Department of Health and Human Services. So shout out to them, man. I mean, honestly, I tip my hat, I bend my knee, I genuflect in the presence of people who would do this kind of work and who understand how valuable it is. Because once again, once again, there was a time when Black people, as it relates to suicide, we would have said, uh, white folks, white folks do that. You know that when you were growing up. Black people used to always say, I suppose brown people too, but certainly black people, oh, we, we, don't, we don't do suicide. How about we do? I've done shows recently within the last year that reported, right, on, on all, the major, all the major news networks, CNN, Washington Post, New York Times, that reported that millennials, black millennials are killing themselves at alarming rates and they're doing it more often and in greater numbers than any other generation in the history of our people. 
So don't tell me suicide is a white folks thing. The doctor said you should be given the 988 number. To, no, we need that because we are grappling with issues and despairs and levels of concern and heartbreak and dysfunction at alarming levels. Life got more digital, but it didn't get any easier. You follow what I'm saying? All of life is now in your phone, but that doesn't mean what's in your phone isn't affecting how you feel. And more importantly, how you feel about yourself and your life. So thank God for 988. I keep saying the number. I keep saying the number because there may be somebody watching tonight who needs this number. And they're not white. They're one of us. They're one of us. It may be you. And at some point, God forbid, it may be me. And I, and I, I, know, I know that we are strong people and we are proud people and we are a, a take a licking and keep on ticking kind of people. But that doesn't mean that, that, that just because you have to keep bouncing back and rising from the dead, that it doesn't get to you after a while. With all of the stresses that come along with being black and female or black and gay or black and male or just black in this country, you know what I'm saying? Black and straight, black and trans, black and poor. You follow me? With all the stresses that come along with that and just add to that whatever interpersonal interactions you have with family and friends and bills and life and heartbreak and people cheating and lying, can't find a job, lost your car. I know, I know we are strong, proud, honorable, I mean, fight, believe, pray, shout, dance, people. It doesn't mean that sometimes the world will throw you down and make you wish that you weren't here. And I'm happy to know that there's a way for people who feel that way to get the help and the support that they need. Because I need you to know that we need you. And that we need you here. We need you now. We need you present. We need you yesterday. We need you today. We need you tomorrow. We need you to be a part of who we are. Because if we didn't have you, we wouldn't have a major part of what we need to overcome the vicissitudes of life. We need you. And if nobody's told you that today, then hear it from me, okay? And I'm from Brooklyn, so I'm not really in the line. <laughs> we need you. We need your smile. We need your grace. We need your silliness, your stupidity, and your foolishness. We need all of it because all of it has a way of making us who we are. And nobody has told you this today. I love you, honestly, with integrity, platonically. When I say I love you, I love the God in you. I love the truth in you. I love the greatness in you. I love the grime in you. And I'm hoping more than anything else that you will get to the place in your weariness and in your brokenness to love yourself as much as I am purporting and claiming and pronouncing that I love you. And for all of you watching right now who feel overwhelmed and who are dealing with something that makes you feel like sometimes you don't wanna be here and that life is too much, I want you to know again, I hear you and I see you. And if you ever feel like hurting yourself or not being here in a very serious way, pick up the phone and dial 988. That's 988 and somebody will be there to talk you through it. All right, let's move on. All right, let's talk, let's talk about Betsy DeVos. <laughs> That's a little segue. Let's talk about Betsy DeVos. So you guys remember Betsy DeVos. First of all, I always thought that Betsy DeVos was a terrible secretary of education, all right? And I thought she should have never gotten the job. Never. Nobody in their right mind would have hired her. And that's why Donald Trump did, because he's not in his right mind. So he hires people that nobody else would hire which is another conversation that we should probably have one day, but not right now, okay? Here's why someone who doesn't believe in public education should not be running a department that is there to support and to promote and to sustain, wait for it, public education. If you don't believe in public education, public schools, then what are you doing running the department that supports and funds public education and public schools? And I am a product of public schools in New York City, by the way, okay? I went to Forest Hills High School, public school. I'm a public school guy and I'm an advocate of it. And if I didn't believe in public schools, you better believe I would not be running the agency that supports public schools. But let's go a little further because this story is about to get better. She took the job when she didn't believe in public schools. And then she took the job and had the job and left the job and now she showed up in the media to tell us that she doesn't believe in the Department of Education. <laughs> I laugh because I, the absurdity strikes me with humor. 
So you don't believe in public education and you became the secretary of the Department of Education. And after becoming the secretary of the Department of Education, now you tell us you don't believe in the department that you used to run. <laughs> well, at least she can, she's consistent in not believing in things and still doing them. How in the world was this woman the secretary of education and she doesn't believe that the department should exist? Which brings up another question. How effective do you think she was in the job? Because if the whole time she was in the office thinking this whole building shouldn't exist, I would wager you to think she probably didn't do much. <laughs> she probably was not a revolutionary secretary of education. Oh my God. Let's think about this together, children. Betsy Duvall was the Secretary of Education, and now she doesn't believe that the department should exist. Okay. Here's the moral of this lesson. You cannot be effective at something you don't believe in. All right? That's why I'm bringing you the story. Because you should only do those things that you actually believe in. If you are doing something and not putting your heart in what you're doing, then the question is, why are you doing it? Why are you wasting your time and somebody else's time when you don't even believe in what you're doing? Only do those things that you are fully capable of believing in and putting your whole self into. Because I bet you, if you put your whole self into what you're doing, you will be three times as far and twice as fast than most of the people in your life who are only half-heartedly doing things. You, 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 you have to only do what you believe, if you don't agree with it, don't do it. If you don't support it, don't do it. If, you, if you're not into it, walk away from it. Oh, this is getting good. If you're not really into somebody, be honest and just tell them that and leave them alone instead of sticking around and hurting people and destroying people and ruining people's lives. Woo! This, this, this is a problem. So let me get back to Betsy DeVos and end and, and like this. You see, the problem with Betsy DeVos is that she believes that education should be local. It should be local and statewide. And the problem with that is this. When education, if education is local and statewide, then that means that children in New York will learn things that children in Mississippi won't know. And that children in Mississippi will learn things that children in Colorado will never know. That's why you have a Department of Education to create national standards so that the children of San Francisco and the children of Miami all learn at the same level. And that some states don't have people who are dumber and smarter than people in other states. That's why public education exists. And I don't know how you don't see that as absolutely sane and sensible. Like, I don't understand how anybody could believe that it's not a good idea for every child in this country to learn how to read and to write and to think and all of that. But somehow Betsy DeVos doesn't believe that public education is a good thing. He believes that education should be a for-profit you know, venture. <sighs> Jesus did say, love your enemies. <laughs> I'm trying, Jesus. I really am. All right, let me do one more uh, before we take this break. Ooh. No, you know what? No, I'm going to do this one after the break uh, because this one deserves some time. Uh, because I'm about to tell you a story about someone who did something absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And she is my favorite person of the week, okay? Her name is Crystal Dunn. I'm about to tell you about her after this break. Oh, you're gonna thank me for this, all right? Get your heart ready, people. We're about to go out. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Um, listen, end of the week show. Who doesn't love an end of the week show? Who doesn't love a rant by Dr. Song? Who doesn't love that? I love it. This story, speaking of love, this story is, my favorite story of the day, all right? And, and it's, uh, some of it is gratuitous. <laughs> some of it is egalitarian, but I love this story and here it is. So a Kentucky woman won the lottery, but when she won the lottery, she was determined to make sure that she wasn't the only person who benefited from the win. God bless people who care about other people winning too. Crystal Dunn, who is my new favorite person of the week, won $140,000 in the Kentucky lottery. And after she, you know, deposited the check in her bank account, because you got to do that, okay? If you guys win the lottery, make sure you deposit the check right away. After she deposited the check, she went to a supermarket in her local, in her local area, and she bought 
$2,000 worth of gift cards. And she started handing out the gift cards to complete strangers. So listen to me, Crystal won $140,000 and she decided to take 2,000 of that $140,000 and give it to strangers. She just gave out $2,000. You see, I, sometimes when I'm alone, all right, I'm, 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 gonna be, I'm gonna be transparent right now. I'm about to reveal some things, okay? Sometimes when I'm alone and I'm praying a little baby Jesus, one of the things I pray to little J baby Jesus about is, dear little baby Jesus, let me win the lottery. <laughs> let me win the $560 million, whatever it is right now. I, I do pray that prayer. I know some of y'all think that ain't holy, but I don't care. Because <laughs> if I win, you're going to be liking me a lot more. I pray that prayer. And one of the things I pray when I pray to little baby Jesus is, if you let me win the lottery, I promise I'm going to give some money away. I promise. I'm not going to keep it all. You can trust me, Jesus. I'm going to give some of this money away. I swear to you, I pray. And that's why I love this woman. Because she like she's, she lived out my prayer. She said, man, I want $140,000, and I will not be the only person that benefits from this. And she went out and gave $2,000 away. You see, Dr. Sean, it's only $2,000. Well, that's $2,000 more than those people had when they, when they walked in the store that day. I wish somebody would give me some money just for walking in the store. You follow what I'm saying? I love people who believe and understand that we can all win. That when I win, you win. When I go up, you go up. Matter of fact, I have, I have a running list in my mind and in my life of the people I'm going to give money to. And it's not just my sons, okay? Doris, uh, Jackie. I might even give Jocelyn and Trina some money. It depends on how they treat me this week. And Tanisha. Tanisha's going to get some. That's my that's 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 one of my producers, Tanisha, Jocelyn, and Trina. My EP, my real producer. You know, my main producer, rather. We'll see. Hailey's not getting a dime. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Hailey. But I have a running list of people. I'm serious. I have a list in my phone of people who I'm going to get money to when I win the lottery, and I'm I'm so going to do it because I believe I believe that it's important to be kind and not just nice. Come on now, you ready? You didn't see that coming, did you? I turned the corner on you. It's important to be kind and not just nice. Niceness, kindness, kindness is better than niceness. Niceness is a performance that we do for other people, but kindness is a way of being in the world. I never strive to be nice, but I do strive to be kind. I can have an attitude to be and be moody. I really can. But I can also, in that moment, check myself and realize that that's not, that's not who I am. I'm trying to be something else. See, kindness is what helps people. It's what blesses people. It's important to be kind. It's important to be good. Because I believe that this woman in part won the lottery because that's the kind of person that she is. And the universe, life, God, whatever you believe will reward who you are. Hmm? And not just what you do. So, you know, the next time you pray, like me, to win the lottery, Make sure you include in that prayer the list of all the people you're going to help because you may end up winning because you decided that you want to help some other people. Shout out to Crystal Dunn, my favorite little person of the week. All right, let's take a look at a video, okay? This video, this video, don't play the video yet. This video uh, is, is, is interesting. And I, I have some interesting things to say about this, things to say about this video. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to look a little silly but I'm, I'm going to pull something out at the other side of this video that's going to make you understand that this ain't silly at all. Let's take a look at this little baby who's not afraid to flex his little muscles. Play the video, John. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> look at little, look at Look a little man, you know what I'm saying? Now here, now it look, that video looked a little silly, but it's not silly at all. And I'll tell you why, because that's how children learn. They learn by watching and interacting with us. You see, somewhere, somewhere in the dark recesses of that child's mind, see, here's what you need to know. And, and, and see, memory does not need interpretation. All it needs is an experience. And at some point in that child's life, the experience of flexing with his dad is going to serve him and give him strength when he needs it the most. 
You see, we need to give our children the, the opportunity to experience themselves on many levels. And while, while that video looks silly, that dad is teaching that little boy how to tap into his strength, how to dig just a little deeper. Not just flex your arms, son, flex your spirit, flex your mind, flex the best of you. That's what's happening in that video. And so I pray and hope that if you are a parent that you give your children the opportunity to mimic, to mimic, to watch you do what you do so that they can learn what they're capable of. All right, I got one more for you before we take this break. I wanna talk about, you know, I've been talking about gun violence uh, on this show because it's become irascible. It's become, it, it, it is dangerous to be an American right now. But this story is gonna prove it just a little more. So, so, so um, you've all probably heard about uh, the shooting that happened in the mall in Indiana. And um, what you probably haven't heard of yet is the shooting that happened in Beach Grove, Indiana, in a park that took place almost at the same time that the shooting in the mall happened. You remember the shooting at the mall, the gunman came in and killed, I think, three people, and then an armed bystander killed the shooter. We've all heard about that one. But you didn't hear about the shooting in the park. And the park was 11 miles away from the mall where the other shooting happened. Here's what I'm telling you this. So shooting has become so, uh, gun violence has become so crazy in this country that while the shooting was going on in the mall in Greenwood, Indiana, there was another shooting in the park in Beach Grove, Indiana. Here, here it is, wait for it. And the first responders couldn't go to the shooting in the park because they were already at the shooting at the mall. You with me? Come on, you, you, you here, right? Uh, is, is that where we are? Having so many shootings so often that now the first responders and the police have to decide which shooting to go to? There's a shooting at the park and the first responders can't get to the park because they're at the mall. Is this, is this where we are? That we are shooting each other and killing each other so often and so much that we're at the place where the police are gonna to have to decide which one to go to? I don't think that America is in a very insidious and dangerous place as it relates to gun violence. You're just not paying attention or you can't handle the truth. The police had to decide which shooting to go to and they couldn't go to the one at the park. Brothers and sisters, I wish I could talk to everybody in America, literally. And I wish I could especially talk to the people who are more prone to violence and mass shooting. I wish I, I, wish I could talk to people who are prone to any kind of violence, psychological, domestic, whatever. And I wish I could tell them that violence never solves the problem that you are attempting to solve. Violence is, violence is never a cure for the thing that you have resentment over. In fact, all it does is create more violence and more problems for you and the people around you. I wish I could tell them what the master said long ago. Those who live by the sword will die by the sword. And I wish that they would listen. And I know you say, Dr. Sean, you're being pedantic. You're being, you know, you're being naive. Listen, I'm willing to be both today. Because if we got into the place where police have to, have to decide which shooting to go to, because there've been so many shootings, then you might want to be pedantic and naive right along next to me. Let's take a break. We'll be right back with best things that I've seen all week. Right after this. Welcome back, everybody. So one of the great things about my end of the week shows is that I get to bring you and my producers and I, we bring you some of the best things that we've seen all week. And the whole purpose of this is just, you know, just to have things that just lift your spirit, things that make you feel good about being you and being in this world. Some of them are funny. Some of them are ironic. Some of them are sardonic. And the difference between being ironic and sardonic, by the way, um, by the way, rather. Um, but this one is a story that is just going to make you just believe in humanity because sometimes it's hard to believe in humanity because human beings are a trip. All right, so check this out. I love this story. So Chloe became Charlotte, became rather, from my, my mouth, Chloe became Charlotte's legal guardian and wanted to make sure that Charlotte's birthday was special this year. But after only one person responded to Charlotte's party invitations, Chloe took the TikTok and she reached out to strangers to get some support for her little girl. Now, you guys know I give TikTok a hard time. 
But shout out to TikTok on this one, okay? I'm willing to admit when something that I'm not normally in favor of does something well. And shout out to TikTok and all the TikTokers. I suspect that's what they're called. I don't know. Because according to Chloe, her comments and her inbox filled up with messages from people offering to help decorate and to attend the, attend the party and to give gifts to little Charlotte for her birthday. And so these are all people that found the story on TikTok. They didn't know Chloe or Charlotte. And on the day of Charlotte's birthday, Chloe was able to surprise her little girl with guests and balloons and presents and all of this because of the strength, because of the kindness rather of strangers on TikTok. A group called Mid-South Jeeps organized, they even organized a drive-by parade for Charlotte where about 25 Jeeps drove by the family's home in Memphis. And many of them handed out gifts and they blessed her with birthday music, all because she put the story on TikTok and strangers said, hey, we're not gonna let this little girl not have a great day, it's her birthday. I love this, man, I really do. I, 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 in a world where there's Donald Trump and Betsy DeVos, <laughs> in a world where, where the police have to decide which shooting to go to, because there's so many, in a world where you have, you know, more black people dying of fentanyl, in a world where we have to have 988 because suicide is so prevalent. I need a story like, maybe you don't need this story, but my soul needs this story. I need a story, I need to believe that humanity can be something more than just decadent and crazy. And now we have it. Thanks, ironically, to TikTok. Maybe I should stop giving TikTok a hard time. No, that's not gonna stop. I'm not gonna stop. But this is great. And, and let me just say this, just in case you're wondering, let me just say this. And it's not true all the time, but it's true in this case. Nobody will love you like your mother. And that's the other reason I'm doing this story. Because this story isn't just about how great strangers can be and how wonderful TikTok can be used to connect people. La, 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 la. This story is really about a mother's love. Chloe and Charlotte have a bond and a connection that's deeper than the traditional bonds of mother and daughter. Because when I started this story, I told you that Chloe became her guardian. So that Chloe didn't give birth to Charlotte, but she still loves her like a mother. And nobody in most cases will love you like your mama. Your mama will go to the back for you. Your mama will go down to hell and snatch you out of the devil's hand. Your mama will follow you into addiction and drag you back to life. Your mother is that kind of spirit and that kind of person. And this story shows because when Charlotte was, her birthday was about to be ruined and over, Chloe said, uh-uh, <laughs> not on my watch. Yeah. You see, this is, isn't just about the celebration of strangers, it's about motherhood. And I want you to remember that Charlotte did not give, Chloe rather did not give birth to Charlotte. But what you need to remember is that love doesn't need blood to be loved. All right, let's do, let's do one more, one more video in my best things uh, that I want you to see all week. Um, before I play it, uh, here's what you should know. I grew up in a sanctified holiness church and, uh, and, in my, and, and in my house, you had to be in church all day, all day Sunday. And so I relate to this little boy who had to spend his birthday in church and just look at his face and we'll talk about it on the other side. Play the video. <laughs> you see the little boy's face? He's, he's not very happy. I commiserate with him. <laughs> because he has so many Sundays. I just wanted those people to shut up and let me go home. <laughs> Shout out to all the church babies, all right? All the little boys and little girls who you, you just raised in church, okay? And you, yeah, listen, it was annoying. Yes, it was, but it served us on some level. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because sometimes you end up in places and you attend things that you don't want to be at only to discover that later on they help to make you who you are. I'd much rather this little boy be in church on his birthday looking like that than to be homeless and in some shelter 
or to be around people who would prevail upon him. One day he's going to look back on his birthday in church and thank God for it. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll be right back with more Book of Sean right after this. Everybody. So um, one of the, one of this, it's a blessing to do this show. And, and, and one of the things that I absolutely love that I get to do is to help people, right? And I think if I don't have any money to give you, the least I could give you some advice. But when I win the lottery, people, I'm telling you, I'm just, I'm telling you. Anyway, so we have this segment in our show we, that we do whenever we do the show called Ask Dr. Sean. And we're about to do it right now. Highly, play the bumper, man. So you guys always send me great videos and I thank you for the videos that you send. We don't get, we don't get, get to get to all of them, uh, but the ones uh, that you send are always important and eventually we'll get to them, okay? So keep sending them. And uh, here's an amazing video. Let's take a look at this one right now. Hey, Dr. Sean, how are you? My name is Unique, and I'm a single mom to a beautiful seven-year-old daughter. And I was just hoping you could kind of give me some advice on how to balance dating and co-parenting. Thank you. Hey, shout out to you and all the single moms, by the way, all the moms. I just did a story about a mother's love, and then we have a great question uh, right in that vein. So the universe is lining up. Um, and shout out to being a single mom and, and still wanting to be a woman, right? You know, a lot of people get lost in motherhood. A lot of women get lost in motherhood and they descend so deep down into being somebody's mama that they forget that they're a woman. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that you got needs. You got things about you that need to be fulfilled. And a shout out to you, first of all, for having a sense that that balance is important. For embracing the notion that both sides of who you are need to be affected and fulfilled and satisfied so that you can be the best at the things that are important to you. Because you can't be a great mom if you're an insufficient woman. And you can't be a great woman if you're an insufficient mom. And you already have that wherewithal and that knowledge. So I honor you for being understanding of that. Now, here's my advice, okay? Depending how, you said, you said your daughter was seven. So, so she is able to have a conversation on some level. And what I would say to you is start to explain to her that you want to have, you know, company, that you want to have friends. She's seven years old. I'm not saying have an expansive, you know, detailed conversation, but I always believe in preparing children for what it is you're about to do, right? You just don't spring somebody on them, right? You prepare them. But the way you strike the balance is that you understand that you are a person that has two, two loyalties. You are committed to your life as a woman and you want to be nurtured and cared for. And you are a mother, which means you are a nurturer yourself. You see, you being aware that you can't lose yourself in either, either of those two positions or ways of being in the world is the thing that's going to save you. You have to keep, always keep it at the forefront of your mind so that when you start to go too far one way, you can pull yourself back and demand of yourself a commitment. And, and I, don't, I don't buy the notion that people can only do one thing. People are sophisticated and complicated enough to be able to manage it and balance it. So you have to track your emotions. You have to track your loyalties and your commitments so that whenever you are too heavily involved in being a mom and, ne and neglecting yourself or so into yourself that you're neglecting parts of being a mother, you can pull yourself back. And if you can't do it yourself, you need people in your life surrounding you who can say to you, when's the last time you've been on a date? Because you, you ain't acting right. Or you're spending too much time talking to that man and some things about your daughter aren't what they used to be. You got to surround yourself with people who can see what you can't see. You follow what I'm saying? And, and, and you've got to take an assessment at the end of the day or the end of the week or the end of the month. How much have I put into my relationship? How much have I put into my daughter? The point is you have to be intentional about it. That's why I say keep it at the forefront of your mind. You, you can't just sort of, you know, be on automatic pilot about it. Have people in your life who help you see it and track it yourself. Keep a journal. Keep a video log. Ask yourself at the end of the week or the end of the month, how much time have I given to my daughter? How much time have I given to my relationship? But God bless you for realizing that balance is important because if we had more balanced people, we'd have better mothers. We'd have better women. We'd have better fathers. We'd have better men. 
All right, somebody somebody wrote this question to me. And so here it is. My my boyfriend of two years wants us to become swingers. I told him that I'm not interested in inviting other women or men into our relationship. But he said if I loved him, I would do it and make him happy. I do love him, but I don't think he cares about me if he's trying to guilt me into doing something that I don't want to do. Should I end this relationship or try to get him to see my point of view? All right, I got to answer this question very quickly. Here it is real quick. Um, anybody who would ask you to do something that you don't want to do doesn't care about you enough. You guys are heading in a different place sexually, and you might want to be aware of that. I'm, I'm, you, it's not that you may not be together, but the truth of the matter is you seem to be wanting things that are incongruent. And here's what I know about men. When a man really wants something sexually and he doesn't get it, he's probably going to indulge unless he has a lot of discipline and a lot of character. So you guys need to renegotiate the terms. But I would say to you, don't do anything that's not in line with who you are. Don't do anything to somebody else that compromises what you believe and know yourself to be. And sometimes you have to set people free. Sometimes you have to let people go and let them explore what it is they want to explore, okay? And you have to believe that you're strong with them and you're strong without them. I know you love him, but if you're no longer compatible, if you don't have sexual agreement, you may come to find out that love is not enough. I know that's strange coming from me, the love guy, but sometimes love isn't enough. Respect, compatibility, and knowing that you're dealing with someone who would never ask you to do something to make you less than who you are. All right, great show tonight, people. Listen, how about we do this again? <laughs> I'll be back real soon, okay? Thank you for tuning in. I want you to have a great rest of everything, all right? Be amazing, people. And remember, by all means, and in all cases, I absolutely love you. Progressive knows that most people don't get to experience making a game-winning touchdown or a walk-off home run. So we're going to talk to you like you did something great so you can bask in the glory. Oh, man, I was there. That time that you bundled your home, auto, motorcycle, and other vehicles with Progressive? That was awesome. People were freaking out. I bet you get this all the time, but can I get an autograph? If you can't bask in sports glory, at least you can bask in the glory of saving money when you bundle your home and other vehicles with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were looking at your phone while driving, let me say it again. Seriously, put down your phone. That is so unsafe. If you didn't do stuff like use your phone while driving, you could save money with Progressive Snapshot. But saving or not, just put it down. <clears throat> and if you did hear it the first time because you weren't looking at your phone, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents.